Welcome to Breaking Free Podcast, your recovery, your way. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Liv. You're in the right place if you want to explore what it means to be in recovery, to challenge the things that keep us small, and to learn how to thrive independently. Together, we are Breaking Free. Just a quick reminder that while I'm a nurse and a coach, and Liv is a coach, recovery advocate, and a writer, we are not doctors. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you need to, please, please see a doctor. The Alana Club of Portland is proud to sponsor the Breaking Free podcast. Your recovery, your way, is at the heart of our approach to recovery support services. Unity Recovery, an inclusive recovery community organization serving all of Philadelphia, is proud to support the Breaking Free podcast. Recovery is possible. Find your path to break free. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about boundaries, one of my favorite topics. Mm -hmm. Tiffany, what is a boundary? Yeah, I love this topic, too. In fact, we I feel like this is one of the areas in our friendship that we are really strong in together. But also, we have a lot of conversations around setting boundaries with others in our lives together, and we use each other for support in that way. Yes. I would say, and I wasn't planning on saying this, but I would say, first off, don't go it alone, folks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, Always check out a boundary with another person uh, it's, yeah. if you can. Yeah, if you can talk it through. If it's a big deal boundary, we you know we gain skills in recovery and in life. But you know, for for focusing on boundaries, we do gain skills where we can set little boundaries that mm-hmm. you know don't need to be this huge thing or we're having a giant conversation. But anything that feels like a big deal, um, I would definitely try talking it out first. Um, so I actually looked up the definition of boundary in anticipation of this podcast episode, and um, what I found was a line that marks the limit of an area, a dividing line. Hmm. And, you know, I thought that was interesting, kind of a dividing line. Um, and so, you know, I, do, I dove a little deeper because, of course, that's just talking about boundaries more um, like land or um, political boundaries, these kinds of things. But we're really talking about personal boundaries. You know, that's what I thought it was in early recovery. When someone talks about a boundary, I'm like, what do you mean, like a, a, a county line or <laughs> a state line? A state line. <clears throat> so that's interesting you say county line and state line. So, yeah, we can have county lines and state lines for ourselves, right? Right. <laughs> kind of right. a funny way to think I like about an, it. another one. Another person described it as a boundary is the space between the end of my nose and another person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so this next um, bit actually talks a little bit about that. So um, for me personally, it's about the ability to honor my needs and mm-hmm. not try to fix others. So kind of understanding, you know, where my responsibility responsibility lies and um, how to, you know, honor myself and honor others, right? But um, I wanted to go a little deeper, and I found on loveisrespect.org this article, Love is Setting Boundaries and What Are My Boundaries? And so they talk about it um, that boundaries and relationships are kind of like uh, this. It helps each person figure out where one person ends and the other person begins. So like you said, the end of my nose and Mm -hmm. the beginning of theirs. And in short, boundaries help you define what you are, what you're comfortable with, and how you would like to be treated by others. And then they apply to any kind of relationship, whether it's families, friends, partners. And I like to think of it in employment settings as well, because I think coworkers and bosses and these things, those can be really challenging places to set boundaries and, and really keep your personal boundaries intact. So, um, yeah, so I love that article. So, Liv, what do boundaries mean to you? 
Well, I when we were talking about this, I was saying that there's a person on Instagram that I follow uh, who's called Nedra Glover Tawab. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. They're a therapist, um, describe themselves as a relationship maven, writer and speaker, and they're based in Charlottesville, North Carolina. And I had been reading their content recently on Instagram and, and it is so good. I've mm. been sharing so much of it on our podcast story mm. um, lines if you yeah if you don't follow us follow us because i i've been sharing a lot of this stuff and it's pertinent to to what we're talking about today so i think it's it's helpful here to describe what they say with the meaning of boundaries so the meaning of boundaries are uh, a safeguard to overextending yourself Mm. a self-care practice they help define roles in relationships They communicate acceptable and unacceptable behaviours in relationships. They act as perimeters for knowing what to expect in a relationship. And they're a way that we ask people to show up by upholding our needs. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Asking, ask how we ask people to show up for us, and I think also yeah. how we show up in the world. The first couple that you mentioned were more about, you know, how are we? Are we saying yes to everything and overextending ourselves? Yeah. You know, are we taking care of ourselves? And so boundaries are really a way of um, showing up in a way that honors our needs and asking others to show up in a way that honors our needs. Yeah, and for me, I I realized. I mean, I. I feel like the process of recovery for me has been kind of back to front. It has mm. felt back to front. So I've experienced this feeling, like this intense emotion or feeling, and I have to then work backwards and say, what mm. is going on for me? Mm-hmm. And in a boundary scenario, I have this intense anger or frustration, and I still get it today. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is a signal that my values have been breached in some way mm-hmm. and that I need to enforce a boundary. Yeah, I love that. Anger, um, oftentimes, I think, is... in is a signal that a boundary has been crossed. Yeah. Whether it's one that we've spoken or not. Yeah. And so recognizing, oh, I have a boundary there and now I want to speak it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then to have, like, I I have a particular situation where I have to keep reinforcing, professionally keep reinforcing a boundary. Mm. And it's really frustrating that I think sometimes you maybe need to get to a point where you decide, like, is this actually worth pursuing this relationship? Because Mm -hmm. I have to keep... reinforcing this you know there comes a point where you say do I want to elicit that reaction in myself anymore yeah Um, absolutely but then I guess you know if you are well practiced at implementing boundaries do you have any reactions anymore I mean I'm Mm. seven years into doing this what about you and you're significantly longer down the past do you still have a reaction oh I mean I may have been abstinent from alcohol for longer and in recovery from longer but for longer but I don't know that I the boundaries really came into my uh clearly into my life until you know more recently um I don't I can't say exactly how long ago although I do remember so there's um for me it was really showing up and actually I did you know I I I did work the steps in AA um previously and that was it highlighted the problem for me. I didn't necessarily come to a solution of, oh, I need to set boundaries. Yeah. But it, there was a lot of 
um, you know, being angry at people because they were crossing boundaries and me not being honest and speaking my boundaries, right? So then I would get resentful. So that's, to me, that's like a total martyr situation, right? So I was a total martyr for a really long time. And, you know, and I was the nurse and the caregiver in the family and the, you know, the person who kind of planned and organized and took care of everything. Oh, that's why we go so well. Oh my gosh. Yeah, right? And so um, it took me a really long time. And I remember one time, and I was just with my sister-in-law the other day. She and I were friends before my husband and I got married. And so we're friends and sister-in-laws. Uh-huh. And so there's different dynamics that come into play. And sometimes there's, you know, things that are, feel more complicated than they would normally with a friend yeah. or with a sister-in-law. Um, but I remember I was really feeling like I was always kind of going to her uh-huh. in, during this period of time. And it's not like that's who she is as a person, but I was having a resentment about that and I didn't feel well one day and I was like so mad because she wanted me to go somewhere and I finally asked her like I was aware of like boundaries and starting to be honest and asking for your needs to be met and so I just asked her you know I said you know I'm really not feeling well and could we just do this at my place and she was just like okay and it's like why did I build this up in my brain you know so I was just telling her this story the other day and she of course had no idea that you know I had been resentful and that this was a big deal for me to ask her to come to me Um, but it really showed up in in a really painful way in my life for a long long time even well into recovery um so, you know, I don't know that I'm more well-practiced. <laughs> I would say um, I have been practicing it, and it does get so much easier. It's interesting because I, when I first met you, I thought this is a woman who is so well-versed in, you know, not only practicing boundaries, but the level of self-respect that you had mm-hmm. in looking after your needs. So, you know, it was really mm-hmm. helpful to see that modeled so well. You know, I, having come from some dysfunctional relationships within 12-step programs, I wasn't seeing that modeled for me. Mm -hmm. So it was really helpful to see that in my friendships. And the other point I wanted to make is I... I think when I first discovered boundaries, it was it wasn't only the reaction that I was having, but I was reading Melody Beatty, mm-hmm. and you know someone had said you're codependent, and I think we just you know we throw away the, around that term without actually looking into what that means, and you know I think this is a, a broader issue in twelve step programs where we can just label things that are wrong with us and actually mm-hmm. they're an unmet need. Um, but that's a whole another episode altogether. Um, it, but but in terms of Melody Beatty, she writes a lot about codependent relationships and how, you know, we encounter problems with boundaries when we're so enmeshed mm-hmm. with that other person. So mm-hmm. you know, like the caregiver situation, like we decide that somebody needs our help mm-hmm. when they've not asked for it, and then we get irritated when they're not grateful for it, mm-hmm. or when they're not working as hard at it as we are, or right. when. Um, when they don't listen to what we say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, this is the fixing culture. And it's really interesting because it took me a long time to um, recognize this within myself. Yeah. But uh, it's really important to me now not to participate in it. So I have to practice it and also to have relationships where others aren't um, trying to fix me. And so the idea is that you're broken. There's something wrong with you. Mm. I have the solution. I can fix you. And, you know, that really, it takes away people's autonomy. Yeah. It takes away their, you know, sometimes, you know, there's that whole, um, 
uh, I can't, it's like an adage of the butterfly has to struggle, you know, to get out of the cocoon to, in order for its wings to be strong yeah. enough, right? And the thing is, like, there's times where we need to have some struggle in our life to grow, right? Yeah. And to change and to come to a place where we want to be. And so we're taking that away from people when we try to fix them. Yeah. It's so challenging, though, because we just, you know, at least for me, I just wanted to help people, and I thought I had some solutions. And certainly, you know, like, I, it's true. I've, you know, I've been in recovery for a long, long time. Yeah. I have learned some boundaries. I, I'm a nurse, so I actually, like, know how to physically fix people sometimes, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so I do have solutions. But I think the key is, like you said, the asking piece. Yeah. And also that piece about, like, is this the healthiest thing for me and for them? Is this honoring of me and for them? Yeah. Um, so certainly, you know, if your friend's like, hey, I could really use help working this solution out, what do you think? Yeah. If it's solicited, I'll give advice all day long. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? These are the kind of white flags. I mm. wouldn't, m- maybe yellow flags. Mm. I wouldn't go as far as saying red flags mm-hmm. um, to watch out for, you know. I had a like- client who used the term uh, yellow balloon because oh. it was a positive thing, but it was like, oh, I want to be aware of, I want to. This is something I, it's calling my attention. I want yeah, to awareness. Yeah, we need to signpost this in mm-hmm. some way. You know, mm-hmm. what what are some dysfunctional boundaries that are showing up in my life? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, are, am I trying to fix other people without them asking for it? Am mm-hmm. I just, you know, there's one particular relationship that I have where I have to consistently remind the person that every time I am explaining some issues that I am having... I don't want them to fix my problems. Mm -hmm. I just want somebody to listen to me. Yeah, Yeah, and that's a really good point because I think sometimes... sometimes there's a dynamic from the start, right? Like maybe the person is more in a mentorship role or maybe they're, you know, like I'm a mom. And so a lot of times if there's other women in my life that aren't moms, I tend to be, I mother them. Yeah. You (laughs) do mom me sometimes. I do. But I love it. (laughs) Yeah. And and I try to do it in a loving way, but sometimes that can be overbearing, right? And so, so sometimes it can be really challenging to shift that dynamic with a particular person. And I think sometimes like I have, but, you know, like with my husband, I show up in a kind of needy way sometimes with him, and uh, it's That's not ideal. That's a really good point. Yeah, right? What are we displaying as people mm-hmm. that makes people want to fix us? Yeah, sometimes I do show up that way, right? And yeah. so then it's like recognizing. So then if he's trying to fix, it's like, oh, well, did I show up in this, like, needy way? Oh, I did. You know, and there's yeah. times where, you know, yeah, like if my computer's broken, he's a computer whiz. So I do show up in this, like, hey. Help me. <laughs> help me, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, which that's not necessary exactly. I could just say, hey, could you help me with this, right? Yeah. But, you know, it's it, it's just more appropriate sometimes than others, I think. That's so interesting. I realize this in talking to my therapist that sometimes I can go into those roles. Like I, you know, this, this particular stretch of therapy has been challenging where mm. – um, I say this stretch, the last two years of intensive <laughs> therapy, you know, and, and actually this happened last year because when I moved to the States, I I felt like I was jumping out of a plane every day and I didn't know, you know, not only did I set up a business and move to a diff- different country and a state that I'd never been to in my life and have to to learn everything I didn't know how things worked Mm -hmm. you know the things that we take for granted like how do utilities companies work they work differently over here than Mm -hmm. in England you know how do car insurance I remember you asked me about car insurance one time and it's like oh yeah that's it's different here yeah we just go online Mm -hmm. we go online and we have search engines that compare them and it's so simple 
But over here, it's like bureaucracy has gone crazy <laughs> and you've got to jump through all these. Anyway. What, America? Um, <laughs> <laughs> right? The land mm. of the free. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I had to learn all of these things. And there were a few relationships that I showed up in a needy type position. Mm. And that attracted quite dominant people who struggled with codependency mm-hmm. and liked to tell me what to do and mm-hmm. that was super helpful originally mm-hmm. and then I was like wait a minute I hate being told what to do what's going mm-hmm. on here why has this happened mm-hmm. and you you know we we have unpicked a, a pattern of relationships where I was either in this needy role or conversely was a bit of in a savior role Mm -hmm. you know so attracted people that needed my help and I would provide solutions so it was really bizarre Mm -hmm. and then and then it kind of changed with you and then now I have more healthy relationships awesome (laughs) well and I really appreciate the, the kind words that you had earlier I think one of the things again that I didn't anticipate talking about today but one of the biggest things that made a difference for me was really getting clear on my value and my worth and understanding that my value and my worth isn't tied to helping other people. Yes. I'm a natural helper. I do want to help people. I'm motivated to do that. And I feel that I do have a responsibility to do that. That's very different than I'm only good enough if I help you, if I fix you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Who will I be without that? Yeah. And so I had to do a lot of work on that piece of really getting clear on my value and my worth. That that required some forgiveness. That required um, some rewiring of, you know, my brain. That required, mm-hmm. um, you know, doing all kinds of like seeing affirmations. And I had to do a lot of work around it. But having come from that place, setting boundaries became so much easier because yeah. I was motivated to honor my needs and honor other people's needs because I knew that I was going to be okay no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest challenge for me um, wasn't the piece of self-worth, but for me too, there was the issue of attachment and Mm. fear of rejection. So, Mm. you know, my attachment style has been historically insecure attachment. So, you know, there's that fear in my relationships that if I set a boundary or ask for my needs to be met, that they might reject me. Mm-hmm. And the fear of losing that relationship can potentially prevent me from setting that boundary. Mm-hmm. It certainly has been the case in the past. Now I see it as an opportunity to continue to stretch that muscle, mm-hmm. you know, and to set that boundary. And to, to I think, and this is the challenging piece, is to sit with it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Because it is so uncomfortable once mm-hmm. you set a boundary initially. You're like, oh my God, they're going to reject me. They're mm-hmm. going to say no. They're going to whatever. And actually, if you let go of the outcome, the very fact that you've asked for your needs to be met and respected yourself is is an, an achievement of the goal in itself. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So um, it's really important to look at, that's one of the things, you know, we were planning on talking about today is that it's really important to look at what is it that you actually want and why is this important to you? Yeah. So, you know, is it important to you because um, you don't want people telling you what to do unsolicited, you know, or is it important to you because because your autonomy is important to you, right? That's one yeah. of your values. Or is it a boundary that you want to set because it feels shaming to you? So whatever they're doing feels shaming. And, you know, you want to be somebody who um, 
you know, feels good about who you are. You don't want to be shamed or is it a boundary? You know, we talked about food and body boundaries in another episode. And, um, you know, is it more about wanting to shift away from being focused on your body or, you know, whatever it is, right? And so getting clear on that, why it's important to you to have boundaries in general, but also why is this particular boundary important to you before you start going about setting the boundary, right? Yeah. So let, why don't we t- why don't we give a few examples of some boundaries that that we have set? I the, my one of my favorite boundaries that you set with me was asking for me to respond to you in in a certain way. So you had said you had explained to me what was going on for you and what oh. would be really helpful in our friendship Mm -hmm. as a response yeah I really struggle with talking with people about my personal challenges like in my marriage or in other relationships that are really important to me and a lot of times uh, I think I remember this conversation I appreciate you not calling it out specifically yeah but I do feel comfortable sharing with our listeners Um, you know I was talking about something about my marriage and I don't talk to very many people about it first of all because I don't think you should run around talking shit about your partner all the time like that's not a great Um, base uh, for healthy relationships, right? But also because a lot of times when I will share with someone, if I'm struggling, they'll say immediately either, um, will you have it good? You should just, you know, basically suck it up. Like that's nothing compared to what I'm going through in my relationship, right? Or they'll say, oh, you should just leave him, right? Like I feel like women are in two camps. Either they're in the like all men suck and you should leave them or – you should just put up with anything, camp, and that's not helpful for me. No. Um, in my relationship, like we've, you know, we've been really committed, and and we've tried to work through things. And life's hard; relationships are hard, and so you're gonna have struggles. And um, you know, yet, and therefore, I need places to talk about those things. Mm-hmm. But I don't want the answer to immediately be like. We'll just leave him, you know? Yeah. Um, that's, you know, that's not the kind of relationship I have. And so, um, you know, it'd be one thing if it was like an abusive relationship or something like that, but that's certainly not happening. So um, I think at that point I asked for, you know, listening and and also like checking in about it or something like that. And that, yeah. that was what would be helpful to me. And it was actually a really big step for me too because I hadn't really set that. I have a few relationships that um, were naturally kind of that way. Um, by chance, I got lucky, which helped me to see that that's what I wanted in my Mm. friendships. But um, it was, I think, one of the first times that I really took the step of, I want to set this intention in this relationship. Yeah. I want to be able to feel comfortable talking with you, and I'm going to trust you by telling you what I need. Yeah. So that was really cool for me, too. It it was awesome. (laughs) And it, you know, and it it models for me how to ask for my needs to be met in relationships, Mm -hmm. because not all of my relationships have been equal uh, as this one. Mm -hmm. So it is is super helpful, especially with family. Um, That's Mm -hmm. been challenging. Um, So speaking of challenges... Should we talk about setting boundaries in situations where there's conflict? We should, but first I think we should take a commercial break. So we'll okay, right let's back. do that. <laughs> the Alana Club of Portland is proud to sponsor the Breaking Free podcast. 
Your recovery, your way, is at the heart of our approach to recovery support services. As the largest and most diversely programmed non-clinical recovery support center in the United States, we've been proudly breaking barriers and forging new pathways for years to ensure everyone has a home in recovery. From peer mentoring to recovery CrossFit, from trauma-informed yoga to mindfulness training, the Alano Club of Portland has a recovery pathway that's right for you. Here at Unity Recovery, we believe recovery should be the expectation, not the exception. Whether you find support with mutual aid, harm reduction, medication, or yoga, your recovery is beautiful and worth celebrating. Learn more and become part of the recovery movement at unityrecovery.org. All right, and we're back. So, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about um, how do we set boundaries? So how do we set boundaries in in the moment, and then we'll talk also about how to set boundaries um, more longer term, you know, like more um, anticipated, intentional boundaries. Okay, so we've talked about thinking about what you really want in setting a boundary mm-hmm. and why it's important to you. But have you actually considered whether it's worth setting the boundary? Mm-hmm. That's really important, I think. Um, you know, <laughs> you're the grocery store line, somebody comments on your food choices or something. Is it worth it to say anything to this person that you're never going to see again? I, I don't know. How um, strong are you feeling about it? How, you know, <laughs> how much is it triggering you? Right. If it's your um, grandmother who every time she sees you, she tells you you have chipmunk cheeks. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is it worth it? You know, how, is she 95 years old? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, that would be worth it to me. <laughs> well, I guess it depends on the person, right? Like, and and the situation. But I mean, in recovery, I, it's interesting because, like, Liv and I, one of the things we have to try to set boundaries around frequently is language, right? And so, yeah. um, whether you're using terms like um, alcoholic, I, I was just sitting with someone the other day, and she was referring to her. Um, family member who she's had a falling out with as alcoholic and. You know, I, I was really interested in her story. She doesn't know much. She knows I'm in recovery, but she doesn't know much about what I do. And so I had to decide in that moment, was it worth it? And I didn't feel that it was worth interrupting uh, what she was sharing with me. But mm. I think we're going to continue to have a friendship. And so at some point, you know, I'll let I'll slip it in there that, um, you know, that that term is shaming and that I, I prefer not to use it. Yeah. And I ask other people to not use it with me. But... Um, uh, conversely, I was on a podcast recently where the person said that word and I quickly followed up, not in that moment, I let her finish what she was saying, but I quickly followed up with part of the work that I do is actually looking at shaming language and that we're now using the term alcohol use disorder. And it totally changed the direction of the whole podcast episode. Oh. And it was beautiful. We went down that rabbit hole and it was so cool to talk about it in real time because the work she does is around shame um, and um, with having herpes. And so um, that destigmatizing that condition. And so she could really relate in that realm and mm-hmm. got really excited and was like, oh, now, you know, I've learned something new. It was a really cool moment. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's worth it. Sometimes it's not. No. <laughs> um, and then the next one is... To also let the person know that you appreciate them and you care for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that, you know, for some of you who have done therapy, you may have heard of like the sandwich, right? So we're doing the white bread and then the 
and then the meat of it, and then the white bread. shit sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, starting with letting that person know you appreciate them or you appreciate pieces of them. So, you know, maybe you have a fixture in your life and letting them know I appreciate that you do so much for me Mm -hmm. and that you really want to care for me, Mm -hmm. right, before you say... I don't appreciate that, you know, I mean, you wouldn't necessarily frame it like that, but before you set that boundary, it can really help to uh, make the conversation go a lot smoother. And also to, even in that statement, you're letting the person know how you want to be treated. You still want to be cared for, right? Yeah. And to use I statements too. Mm. So instead of, I don't want you to, Mm. you know, I feel that when this happens, you know, it it comes across in a more neutral way and the person takes it less as a threat. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're not going to tell you that everybody is going to receive boundaries well because sometimes people don't. And that's actually a really good sign of not only the strength a weakness within your relationships, but also, you know, that's, that is perhaps a, a yellow balloon for, mm-hmm. you know, is this a relationship that I want to continue? Uh, and that's a question that we often ask ourselves throughout our recovery because relationships do change as we grow. Yeah, absolutely. It's fluid. And I think sometimes we don't recognize, um, you know, that people may not even recognize that they're crossing a boundary and so they might be defensive and taken aback. Um, But then how they respond over time definitely is, you know, they're showing you who they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as Maya Angelou says, when they show you who you are, believe them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Or when they tell you who they are, believe them, and then when they show you who they are, really believe them. Really believe them, yeah. I'm not sure if that's Oprah's edition. I think it might be. Um, so yeah. And then ask them if they will agree. Yeah. So when you set the boundary, um, you know, asking for confirmation, like, yes, I'm, I understand, or I'll do that or whatever it is or not. Right. And then that way, you know how to respond next. Mm-hmm. And then let them know, um, what you'll do if they disagree to mm-hmm. your boundary. Yeah, so I'm going to leave the room. I'm going to tell you that I won't have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to let you know that that's off limits. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to come to your thing. Yeah. You know, whatever it is, um, I'm going to take a walk. If that, if you say that again or, you yeah. Know. And we discussed this in another, in the other episode that the um what we will, the consequence of them breaching that boundary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And if they agree, it's important to also let them know that you're going to reinforce it if they forget yeah (laughs) or if they don't realize that they're doing it yeah you know and then last and perhaps the most important part of setting the boundary is do what you say you're going to do yeah hold them accountable hold yourself accountable yeah Mm -hmm. because if you don't if you set a boundary with somebody and don't enforce it then they're not going to take you seriously when you try and set up a future boundary. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's um, reinforcing the idea that they don't have to treat you the way that you yeah. would like to be treated. Yeah. So what about, so this is, we've just talked about this in terms of like, if you have time to think it through, if you can kind of plan out what you're going to say, you know, um, but what do you do if you're like in the moment and that somebody does something and you're like, whoa, that's not okay with me. Yeah. Yeah, like in a, in a moment of conflict. Mm-hmm. And and I think this is where Nedra comes in again. She has this, um, or rather they, I don't want to assume gender, uh, 
really helpful slide on, on Instagram, and she talks about ways to set boundaries during conflict. So here are some, some questions that she and statements that she suggests. Uh, could you express that differently? Could you bring your tone down a little bit so I could stay present? I really need my perspective validated before I can continue. Mm. I really like that. Let's please take a time out and just hold hands for a few moments. Mm. I need to take a little break. I'd like to come back to you in 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. I think the coming back piece is really important there. Yeah. Rather than abandoning. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I, you know, sometimes in conflict, well, often in conflict, it's, it's heated Mm -hmm. feelings and emotions are running high. Mm -hmm. Um, to, to diffuse that uh, tension is a really good way, uh, a, a, a really helpful way of doing that is is by taking a break. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I liked the um, way that she asked for what she wanted a couple of times in that in that um, yeah. post because I think a lot of times we say what we don't want. Yeah, we don't really say what we do want. No, you know. And so I think you know that. We talk about this with kids. You know, when you're when you're raising kids or or you know, pets, <laughs> uh, for a lot of people, pets, but when I you're trying to a child animal, <laughs> she just, I'm thinking of Bowie. Um, <laughs> but you know, you want to show them what you do want, right. Rather yeah. than the always no, 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 no. So if yeah. you have a child who's like, um, you know, wiping their dirty hands on, you know, it's like, please keep your hands, you know, off of the thing, right. Yeah. Rather than don't touch that. Yeah. You know, or let's wash your hands so that you don't get, you know, these things dirty kind of a thing. So I think it can be really helpful in relationships in general. So like that example of me, you know, with the wanting to talk about my relationships, um, I I asked for what I wanted rather than saying, hey, I don't. I mean, I did say like these are the things that have been hard for me in the past. You hadn't done them specifically. Yeah. It was more just I'm nervous to talk to you about these things because of my past experience, right? Yeah. So I did share examples of what didn't work, but I also w- really focused on, hey, could you, you know, yeah. when I bring these things up, this is what was helpful for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's helpful for me too, because a lot of times someone will say, well, I don't, um, <laughs> we were texting the other day and Liv, I gave her a thumbs up and she said, I hate those. <laughs> I hate the thumbs up. Oh my God. And I hate it. <laughs> I mean, fortunately we have the kind of friendship, like she, you know, we can tell each other what we like and we don't But you like. don't often use it. I don't usually, but in that moment, I don't remember what the deal was. But anyway, sometimes, you know, when you don't know what to say or you're like, oh, yeah, you're just kind of validating what the person said, right? But so I asked her why. And, um, you know, we need to have more conversation about it because I'm really curious. But but the point is that it's like, well, is it because it feels, you know, it's hard to, when someone just says they don't want something, then it's hard to know, like, yeah. Is it because of this or that or, yeah. you know, I'm a why yeah. person, so it's really helpful for me to understand why. And knowing what someone does want helps me understand why they're setting a boundary huh. better than knowing what they don't want a lot yeah. of times. Yeah, same. I, I think our curious nature works really well together. Mm-hmm. Um, so lastly, the, you know, and and perhaps the overriding important factor here is, is caring for yourself throughout the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not easy to start setting boundaries 
Yeah, sometimes we do it's a super awkward difficult. thing where we just, like, we get really mad about something and we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. And then all of a sudden we're just like, you can't talk to me like that. Yeah, and the person is like, whoa. Oh, what? I just. Where did that come from? I was teasing. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. right? Like, and then, it, and then maybe we feel bad and we beat ourselves up. But, you know, just recognizing it's a practice and yeah. it's a process and really learning. It's about learning more about ourselves. And so each time, like Liv said, you know, each time we speak a boundary, regardless of the outcome we've just given ourselves a gift of honoring ourselves you should get yourself a bell <laughs> we have ring. one Here we, we have one are you ready <laughs> all right and actually we forgot to ring one for um nedra who we i'm going to do a full-on applause for her <laughs> yeah yeah she's awesome um or they are awesome. We're trying to be less gendered in our talking and uh, in our speech around here. So um, anyways, we really appreciate you guys being on today. We'd love to hear what boundaries um, have looked like for you, how meaningful they've been in your life, and um, if you have anything to add. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Breaking Free Podcast, your recovery, your way. We want to hear from you. Email us at hello at breakingfreerecovery.com or join our Facebook group, Breaking Free Community. Tell us what Breaking Free means to you.